From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm, and this show has everything. Supreme felines, TV crossover specials, consumer products, celebrations, substances of dubious legality, things that get you in trouble, and so much more. On today's show, we're talking about things that failed to match our expectations. I suspect we'll mostly be talking about disappointments, but... Who knows? There could also be things about which we were pleasantly surprised. I hope we think of some of those along the way. <laughs> Joining me for this discussion are my two favorite co-hosts who have curly hair. <laughs> From Middle-Aged Mama Studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary Livingston Butler. Good evening, Hillary. Good evening. Everything has disappointed me today, so... Um... I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get there. No, we're starting on a good footing then. <laughs> <laughs> and from Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan, it's Meredith, the MVH fan Harn. Good evening, Meredith. Good evening. I got to say, my hair didn't make the list, but it does consistently di- disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there are very many people in this world whose hair doesn't disappoint yeah. them, to be honest. Yesterday, I had a really good hair day, and I was like, capture this moment it looks so good today and then now today i'm like it looks like shit today it really just is it flows it really changes every day yep yep well on today's show we'll begin with a little small talk we'll take a peek in the mailbag to find out some of your favorite movies from montana wyoming and idaho we'll examine our expectations with some medium talk make some tishy recommendations and let you know how you can get involved with the show Meredith, head us into small talk, please. Yeah, I I need to start small talk today because I have had a cat saga, as I usually do most (laughs) weeks. But this is so what's new? (laughs) Yeah, what's new? What's new is Lil Man, um, who is this adorable, tiny little cat that showed up in my backyard a couple weeks ago. And I saw him and I was like, oh, I got to catch that little guy. He looks like an adolescent. Like I thought he was maybe four months old. And so I started to put out food for him. And a couple days after that, I he showed up and he was limping. Aww. And I was like, oh, no. So I, I had planned to catch him and get him fixed. But I was like, well, this significantly moves up the timeline. I was hoping to, like, gain his trust and <laughs> get him into a habit where I could, I could reliably catch him and bring him in. Um, but... Uh, I was worried that he had a cut or infection or something like that. So I, 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 I made a move and I got the trap and, and I, uh, luckily he's pretty stupid. So he went in the trap right away. <laughs> what do you bait stupid the trap or with? Um, just gross wet food. Oh, um, okay. I have a kind that's like really d- super stinky and that's their favorite. So I, what you do so that it doesn't disgust up your car is you put it on a paper plate and you put it underneath the trap and the trap is wire. Um, so that when you pick it up, there's no food <laughs> left in there. Mm. Um, and then I put a garbage bag in the, in the hatch of my Subaru and then put a towel and blanket over that. Um, and he went in there and I took him to this place called all about animals, which is a, the, um, TNR, which is trap, neuter, return. Um, kind of community vet place and it's very much a cattle call like it's definitely a no frills kind of vet you wait in this line with the animal you fill out some paperwork and you leave them and that's it like it's very unceremonious they're just like sitting in a line on the floor (laughs) in their traps and um uh luckily it went 
fine. Um, they looked, though, at his shoulder, and they thought it might be broken. Oh. And they didn't have x-rays there. So it was either drive him to Flint, which is like oh. an hour away, or figure something else out. So I was kind of, I was pretty upset about this. I brought him back to my, you know, to my yard and uh, he recovered. He was fine and he was eating, but I was like, I don't know what to do with this guy. Like I'm, I'm upset. I was really upset because I knew he was in pain and I didn't feel like there was anything I could do about it because sometimes they're too smart to be trapped again. I was like, if this guy's really feral, I'm going to have to trap him again and try to get him to flint to get him x-rayed you know it was just seemed impossible and then after he needs a cast or surgery then he needs to be on crate rest for a month and how do you do that with a wild cat and i can't have him in my house because can you imagine what bear would do <laughs> be a nightmare so i've been trying Classic to like youngest child he's I like know. get out <laughs> he's such a baby so i was like i was pretty stressed out about it i was pretty upset um and then it was literally like two days ago, I went outside at, to feed him in the afternoon and he was just so lovey and, and he wanted me to pet him and he was rolling around on the ground. I put a story up on my Facebook and my Instagram um, of him just rolling around at my feet and he he's, you know wants me to pet him and he's like weaving in and out of my feet and I'm like, okay, good. This cat is not feral at all. I can absolutely grab him and throw him in a carrier <laughs> if I need to. <laughs> and and I made an appointment with my regular vet. So he's going to the vet in a few days um, to get x-rays. And actually already he's not limping as much. Like I don't know what it is, but wow. maybe it was just a strain or something. But I think he's getting better on his own a little bit. So hopefully none of that will be necessary. Because I still don't really know what I would do if I had to confine him. I mean, theoretically, I guess I could put him in a closet or something with the door shut so the other cats wouldn't notice. But they would totally notice. They'll sniff it out. <laughs> yeah, they will. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm really hoping to dodge that bullet because I'm not sure what I would do. But um, I'm going to take him in anyway and just get him checked out because he's so friendly. Like, honestly, I think he could be a house cat. I think he could be adopted. And if that is a possibility, I want to make that happen because it's not safe to be out here. He's already injured himself and he's only, well, I don't know. When he, when he got fixed, they said he was 8 to 12 months old, but he's only 7 pounds and he's the size of a, of a teenager cat. Mm. So I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't feel like he's very safe out here. And if he can be indoors, then I would rather he be indoors. Um, but I can't have four cats. I can't I was have four cats. Say, I can't is... have four cats. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have four cats. Look at yourself in the mirror, Meredith. And I do it, it several times a day now. I don't see why you had four cats before. Yeah, and I hated it. It was so much work. <laughs> and that was in a house that was twice the size of mine. <laughs> They're territorial little jerks. I don't want four again. Oh, uh, but he's God. so cute. He's all black. He's got a little white poof on his chest. Um, yeah, he is cute. I saw the pictures. Yeah, he's a real sweetie pie too. Like he, I gave him a little bit of catnip, and he that was he he was rolling around in it, and he got all dirty. And oh, he's just adorable. Uh, so Bear is looking at him with like evil eyes. Like I hate you. You're so cute. <laughs> Whatever. Turn a faucet on and put some flour out. It'll be fine. I know. I have a. We have a camera on our garage, and Gregory made a zone called Cat Trap. <laughs> so it's like where I put the trap, and now I get an alert every time some animal walks through, and it's usually a cat, but it's also raccoons and possums. <laughs> Ooh. And yeah, I wouldn't want to accidentally catch one of those. Well, it's definite. It's a definite possibility. But when I put the traps out, literally, I only put them out for like a matter of 
minutes to hours. Like, mm. he was caught within 10 minutes. Wow. Because, yeah. It's not safe to let him be in the trap for a really long time. So um, I put the trap. I set it. I went back upstairs. I put the Nest Cam on my computer and just sat there and watched it. And I was like, well, there he goes. <laughs> I ran back downstairs. <laughs> so he was very easy to trap. Um, his dad, the probably the dad of the those 10 kittens that I that I. Uh, took to Grand Rapids. Oh, the years garage ago. cats. Yeah, I, he's still sulking around. I, he was there today. I think it's his dad as well. So I want to trap him, but he's going to be a lot more tricky. He's way yeah. more skeptical. He'll be a tough nut to crack, but I'll crack. He his likes nuts. prowling these streets. He does. He's a literal tomcat. He very much is. Yeah. So I don't know. I think if I get him, it will reduce the number of kittens. <laughs> on the streets by like a huge margin <laughs> so Doing your he's part. my white whale my orange and white whale <laughs> oh i love it uh, so if anybody in the detroit area needs a kitten <laughs> let me know please uh, all right um so that's my that's my small talk for the week um hillary when will this end okay so let me set the scene i have two kids stories um this week which i try not to be like my Kids do the darndest things, but my kids do do the darndest things. Um, Both of them not so cute. So um, on Wednesday, we went up to um, North Austin. I live in South Austin. We went to North Austin to my friend's house to celebrate her birthday, which was really fun. Um, Bridget came with me. She was very... She Sometimes my kids, like, I think that they're dum-dums. And then they'll say something. I'm like, how did you know that? (laughs) She. We were talking with my friend and her dad was there who was like a dad when I was growing up that I was always a little bit scared of. And so I'm like, like be nice to Mr. Holland. I'm, you know, I'm a little bit nervous anyway. So Bridget was talking about something and she looked at me and she said, did you know that Jeff Bezos owns, um, part of the Washington post? And I'm like, how did you know that? Like I was kind of, I don't think we've talked about this. So I'm, I'm all feeling very, um, kind of pompous in my parenting skills. Like, oh, look at my mature daughter. She's so, like, she, I love she can talk to adults and she's just really sweet and, you know, engaging. And I'm thinking, this, I'm doing such a great job. So we have dinner there. We had barbecue. It's about eight o'clock. I, th- I said, we need to go. Bridget needs to get to bed. And it's about a 15 mile drive. Um, not, I mean, it's, at that time, it, there wasn't any traffic. So it wasn't taking that long, but it is 15 miles. So you're going, going, going. We're almost off the highway. Bridget has my phone. Cause I was like, whatever, just take it. It's fine. You can look at TikToks or whatever you want to do. She has my phone. And then she just goes, mommy, I need to throw up. I said, oh, hand no. me my phone. <laughs> that was the only thing. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. So I was like, just let her, let it rip. And so I'm like, hand me my phone. And then she just went, all over the back of my car. Not all over. I mean, she really did. And I will say, in her younger days, I was probably not as nice about it because it would be like I was driving to Dallas and she brought in Rory's barf in my car. She's barf in my car. I was probably not as kind because I just thought, I don't know. Whatever for whatever reason, I'm driving and I'm kind of harried. I'm annoyed by the situation. Well, that would annoy it's, anybody. I think it's this, nobody's favorite thing. This time I did handle it, and she was like, "Mommy, I'm sorry." And I said, "Baby, it's okay." I knew she wasn't sick. I knew it was a combination of barbecue, driving for a little bit, looking at the phone. You know, it was a whole kind of mess. Because as soon as she booted, she was like, "Fine." Like she was like, "Oh," I, feel, I said. So I was like, "Just, just." take off your clothes like let's run in and go take a shower just go get in the shower and then go to bed and she was absolutely fine but I like 
I keep feeling like I'm rolling out of this time. And it's the the thing that's frustrating is they're not always car sick. Like if it was an always car sick situation, I'd be like, okay, we need to like keep this tight. Most of the time they're fine. But like I said, I've had a series of barf, but it hadn't happened in a few years. And I thought we're past it. We're not past it. I just spent um, a long time cleaning out the back of my car. And R- when Rory got in, I said, does it smell? And he was like, it's medium smell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I got Folex, you know, that carpet spray, which is amazing. And I'm just spraying it all over the seats and it got it. I mean, the stains are all gone and everything. It just has an essence of barf in my car. So, <laughs> and I really, I have this thing, you know, since I have a minivan, I do try to keep it clean-ish. I mean, as clean as I can keep it because I don't want to be the minivan that's just a crapped out minivan. I can't. And I don't love a crapped out car anyway, but I don't want to be that cliche. And yet here I am with a barf smelling car. I mean, I've done all the things. I was going to get it um, detailed, but actually getting a car detail really annoys me because I always feel like I could do a better job if I just did it. And they miss those nooks and crannies where you know stuff gets and they just don't see it and I just spent you know $100 getting it so I just took it there's a place where if you get your car washed you can use the vacuum for free so I like brought my Folex and had my vacuum I had the vacuum and I was just like going over and over and over again anyway so we'll see like sweet Bridget but booted all over she missed her shoes though she like I just bought her new shoes and she was like I didn't get my shoes congratulations (laughs) the important part I know did either of you were no. you car sickers? Because I wasn't. I've never no. gotten motion sick at all. I could be in the back of the car reading a book. Yep. And I was like, absolutely fine. And my dad, I, it was, yeah. I, I was fine. I never, I, and I was always a back of the seat kid because I was the youngest. So I never got to sit in the front. So I was just like rolling around in the back. On road trips, I always sat in the way back because I didn't want to be involved in anything. But I did get a little bit car sick, but I never, I didn't throw up from when I was like five until I was mm, 21. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but I would get very nauseous, and so I was definitely a Dramamine kid, so I would end yeah. up just falling asleep, because that's basically what, Benadryl, I think. <laughs> I, I think that last time, yeah, that I got any motion sickness was when I was on a cruise, and I was like, ooh, but it was really rocky, but otherwise, yeah, I don't really get any sort of sickness in that yeah, way. Yeah, last time I was on a boat, like a small-ish boat, um, I was like, oh, I, I'm going to go underneath and go to the bathroom. And as soon as I couldn't see the horizon, it was like instant motion. You're like, <laughs> I didn't throw up, but it was like, I need to not go under there. Like, this is not good for me. I don't like boats like this. Yeah, I don't. That's why I'm like, I don't. Where do you come from? This is not in our genes. I don't understand this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think sick. any of us were really like, we weren't big pukers at all. Like, certainly no. not in the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would get like motion sick sometimes on I loved roller coasters but I would get sick from roller coasters sometimes but I would just feel sick I wouldn't actually yeah. throw up throw up yeah <sighs> she did say and sorry this is really gross she goes this is how I knew she was better she goes oh look there's some sausage <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> no. so gross Kids. um I have right, to say we- wait wait the worst <laughs> thing to barf is chicken pot pie because that's oh, all very identifiable because <laughs> yeah. it looks back the same up. going down as you're like oh there's the up. peas oh there's <laughs> the carrots, the carrots. <laughs> <laughs> so gross yeah it's it's very colorful you can tell mm-hmm. it's all there oh buh. god not that i have any reason to know that of course <laughs> no <laughs> absolutely not um, tell us about your other child yeah my other child who again my sweet baby angel. So um, 
I was doing some work today. I was driving around. I had to go put up some stuff for work. And I look at my phone. I have an email from Rory's teacher, who's great. I adore her, his teacher. Great. She's awesome. She loves Rory, too. So, anyway. She, but I the, the subject line is curse word. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Rory said the F word at recess. When I spoke to him about it, he was super apologetic and really upset that I would be emailing you. I think the idea is punishment enough. I have a feeling he will be doing it again. Mm, okay. I hope you guys have a great weekend. <laughs> and <I'm> like, <laughs> okay. I sent it to Dave and he's like, God, he's such a fucking punk. And he's wearing his... Um, a what Concert. punk? A uh, what? Uh, I know. <laughs> Where did you get it from? I know. He learned it from watching you. Mm-hmm. He was wearing his concert t-shirt, his Dropkick Murphys concert t-shirt. I'm like, this punk looks like a Boston hooligan. He's this just little Irish hood rat. <laughs> yep. I know. Uh, so when I picked him up from aftercare today, I just gave him the one look and he said... I'm sorry. It slipped out. I, sh- I said, it should never slip in. It should never be in you. But I, it was one of those where I, I can't. Right. Yell at- I mean, we took things away from him. Like, he can't watch a switch or his iPad. So it's like, there's things taken away. I can't yell at him, though, because he knows that he did it. And we'll circle back to it again. He, of all my kids, really does not respond well to being yelled at. Like, it really, like, it, he just sort of shuts down. So I have to find circular ways of you know talking to him about it it seems to me that both of your kids take after you in that you really don't want to be in trouble yes Mm -hmm. like that's the worst part more than any punishment oh that's what kept me in line for most of my i was oh god yes being in trouble i know sometimes i wish they were a little bit more scared of getting in trouble i'm like i need you to be a little bit more fearful of me (laughs) just a little bit bridget is more fearful of me now not so much Dave and Rory's more fearful of Dave, I think. So I don't know. I'll have to tag team them. Ugh, kids. At least they make me laugh. That's all, you know, that's all I got going in this world. He's so cute. He's so, so cute. cute. I know. Come Dave's on. like, Dave's like, face. you're so soft on him. I'm like, but he's so cute. Look at his <laughs> face. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that it, that's why it's I'm a middle aged mom. That's, that's where I am. You sure um, are. <laughs> and tomorrow's the opening of the pool, so it's really Celebrate. kids are gonna wild out. Woo woo! You're gonna be a hot mom then. Oh yeah! Mm-hmm. Woo! I got a new bathing suit. I'm excited to test, make a test run. Like a big hat, you have to wear a hat. I do. Pool, I have a big hat. Yeah, yes, a floppy yes. one. I do. And the thing that I need to be better about, I'm really good about my face. Like I'm always slathering um, sunscreen on my face. Sometimes I forget about my body or I'm just like, whatever, it's fine. And then I got, I took a shower last weekend after I'd been at the baseball fields and I looked at my shoulder and I was like, holy shit, I totally forgot about that. I mean, I'm always wearing a baseball hat, but I didn't have the big floppy one at the baseball field. So I know how it goes at the pool. I know you're, you're there in your hot little swimsuit and your oversized sunglasses and your big floppy hat or climbing by the pool. Can of wine. And those 14 year old boys are like, Oh, it's Mrs. Butler. God, no. Uh, Although, you know, I'm like, do do you think I'm pretty? (laughs) (laughs) The validation of teenagers is all you really need. Pool attendance. Yeah. <laughs> oh god so cool all right let's move on to the mailbag um we got a note um from cheryl 
and it's uh, regarding our uh, previous show about things that we're cheap about. She said, I had, I've had TiVo boxes for close to 30 years and I've never had to pay a monthly fee. The box itself is just a way to record and playback shows on regular TV stations. Maybe there's some kind of extra cable service if you want that. As for what I'm cheap about, I try as much as possible to get things on sale or with coupons. I don't want to pay for any cable subscriptions except Netflix. I will get Amazon Prime for a month to watch the new Mrs. Maisel season and buy a (laughs) bunch of stuff then I cancel. (laughs) My mother taught me to be frugal, which is why I own my own home, although I'm not as good as she was. I also hate replacing sponges. Hey, listen. Thank you, Cheryl. I want to know more about these these TiVos that you've never had to pay a monthly fee for. I thought they were just DVRs. I didn't know you had to pay. I mean, all the research that I did, you had to buy the box, and then you had to pay the fee, or it was part of your cable subscription. But I do, I have a Channel Master, which is that, which is just a a DVR kind of thing that, that records regular broadcast shows so i mean maybe i didn't do my research correctly and i could have had a name brand all this time (laughs) i always felt lame that i didn't have a tivo when they were really really cool we had one and it sucked it really was terrible (laughs) because it wouldn't like it had to like it was such early technology it had to like change the channel to go to the station that like you wanted to record sure and oh you could watch something and record something else yeah, and, yeah. and like if you were gone, it, it was wonky. And then sometimes, so say something was on channel. This is back when we had cable channel, like 1400 or something like that. It would change it to like 14 and record the wrong, like it wouldn't get all the numbers mm, in. Uh, it was really annoying. Um, yeah, that, that, was, that was that was one of the most frustrating things going back even further about the VCR is when you get it all set up to record, record the timer, but then you'd forget to put the VCR on the correct uh, channel. Uh, and then you're like, wait, what is this National Geographic thing that I recorded? <laughs> I hated it. I think maybe part of my animus about awards shows is when they would bump the show that I wanted to record yep, and yes. then it would auto record yep. the wrong, like the end yep. of an awards show. Yep. And I was like, this is not what I wanted. I didn't want this. One of my one of my enduring shames to this day is my senior year of college when I came home ready to watch General Hospital to find out that it had been preempted by news and I was like, oh. God damn it, why do they always have to do th- it was Columbine. Oh, oh no. no. I was so mad they preempted General Hospital for this live is the worst coverage thing of that could possibly happen. <laughs> And they preempted it a lot for the O.J. Simpson trial. I feel yeah. like I feel like soap operas like were like it must have been on like every channel. We watched that at I'm school. Sure. We yeah we watched. We, I like, remember why? going into the we went into the library to watch the verdict. I remember I, all the way back my dad watching the White Bronco slow yes, speed yeah, chase. Yeah, yeah. For totally. like I don't know how long that was on TV. It felt like hours. Probably I know. It wasn't. I. I remember coming home I had been out with friends I was like it must have been right before sophomore year because we went to like a drugstore like we weren't doing anything cool we were like going to well candy basically yes you know. yeah and I came home and my mom was having like a um whatchamacallit like a card like a, she was playing bridge or had a game night and they were all sitting around watching it we we're like what is going on and I knew who OJ Simpson was mostly right. because of like the um uh the movies like i didn't yeah, know like really naked gun people. was that yeah, one? yeah 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 snake and gun um anyway that was a crazy time sure was crazy. yeah 
Anyway. Yeah. How did we get to the O.J. Simpson? Tebow? <laughs> um, for the question of the week responses, Michael says, Close Encounters of the Third Kind for its ending at Devil's Tower in Montana. And, of course, Brokeback Mountain for Wyoming. Of course. Of course. Uh, Chris and Amanda say Napoleon Dynamite. Of course. Colian and Jean say A River Runs Through It. We Thank got you, you so guys. Much. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Missy and Patty say Legends of the Fall. Missy said it was terrible, but I loved it. <laughs> I remember it really liking a, that too when it came out. It was a moment. Yeah. I don't think I ever actually saw it because the buzz around it, like the yeah. fervor around it and around Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt's look in yeah. that just like totally turned me off. Mm-hmm. It's my Titanic effect, like how I might have been interested to see Titanic until everybody was going, oh my God, Titanic. Yes. And then I was like a little snobby. I was like, eh. <laughs> don't need to see that no if all the masses love it so much what could (laughs) i possibly get from it Uh, above this i also i think it's like julia ormond who Mm. um one of my one of my um guilty pleasures is that i like weirdly love the remake of sabrina i don't know why i just do but she's actually it's not because of her it's because i like harrison ford but she is she's a good actress she just they tried to make her a thing and that was not her thing no um, Rosemary says the horse whisperer from Montana broke back mountain for Wyoming, creepy malicious for Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> do we have a do we have a good militia movie yet? I mean, uh, certainly there must be a Koresh uh, movie or two. I know there are, but you know that's yeah. Texas, so yeah. that doesn't work. But it's only a matter of time until we yes. get something. What, what were those Idaho? people up there? Oh God. Um, the bun, the bu- with the Bundys, Bundys no, they were in Oregon. Oregon, and uh, was Ruby Ridge? Was that night? I don't know where that was. I don't know. Well, I'm our, sure there's our some... ignorance of American history is. I know showing. Well, who wants? No, not Ruby Bridges. Ruby Ridge. It, Ruby oh Ridge, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Boundary County, Idaho, near Naples. Hey, yep. yeah, there we go. There has to be something on that at some point. I'm sure I'm surprised there, there yeah. must be. I, right look, there. I'm going to look in the Wikipedia. There's always the in popular culture. Yes. Yes. One of, of my favorite list. sections. <laughs> of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is long. Holy shit. In popular culture, CBS miniseries titled Ruby Ridge and American Tragedy in 1996, uh, based on a book starring Laura Dern, Kirsten Dunst, and Randy Quaid. Hmm. Wow, Randy uh, Quaid making another appearance. Yeah, well, it was the mid-90s, so we didn't know how batshit he was. Later that year, the television series was adapted as a full-length TV movie, The Siege at Ruby Ridge. Music was subject to Criminal Minds, season three Ooh. episode. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't really... I bet they'll circle back to that one. Yeah. It has to be. Well, it's... we're going to come back to a national moment where there's going to be that conflux of movie mm. projects around malicious standoffs, I'll yes. bet, eventually. Yes. How complicated it is. We're going to have a Waco. We're going to have a Ruby Ridge one. We're going to have a, I don't know, maybe we'll have a couple others to throw into yep. the mix by then. Probably. Absolutely. Um, okay, Linda says, open range with Kevin Costner and Robert Duvall. It's violent and heartbreaking. Here's uh, what one site said. It's a film that is not just about ranching, but simultaneously tackles the themes of remorse through the point of view of Charlie, who was assigned to kill civilians during the American Civil War. It was one of the best portrayals of life and PTSD slash soldier remorse from the 2000s. Hmm. I 
feel like all of the movies there, with the exception of like Napoleon Dynamite, it's like all about like violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know. That area of the country doesn't have a yeah. recipe for or a reputation no. for humor. No, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, Megan says, Cowboys, you can watch on Hulu or Rent. So good. Now, Cowboys. isn't that Steve Zahn? Because Is it? if so, hmm, I don't know. I think because she included a link to, was it the trailer or something? I thought Steve Zahn was. I, I mean, saw I'm always there. He's doing there. like a more serious role recently, and I was like, "Really? Is he? You're right. He was in it. Yep. He's he's really surprisingly good for a guy who spent the early part of his career being like goofy. Yeah, in movies. He's he's a really good actor. I think. Oh, Anne Dowd is in it too. Oh, um, she still creeps me out just from Handmaid's. Uh, yes, I know exactly. <laughs> I know, and from The Leftovers, she's in The Leftovers too. Yes. The first season of that, I, I know that the second and the third season are like more or slightly lighter. The first season, I had heard somebody say, oh, it's really, it's really depressing. And I'm like, well, how depressing could it be? It sounds like an interesting topic. And I was like, oh, no, this is really depressing. This of is which? really. Of, uh, yes. I was like, oh, this is dark. It's all weird. It's all super, super weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, moving on. Um, Jennifer says, Dante's Peak for Idaho. I honestly don't know if they ever make reference to Idaho in the movie. It's a ridiculous <laughs> volcano flick. But there used to be huge billboards along the highway in Wallace, Idaho, proudly proclaim- proclaiming that it was filmed there. Wallace was best known to me as the perfect lunch break spot when I drive between Seattle and Missoula. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where my grandfather is from is where they filmed Hope Floats, and it's like a shitty small town, and there's still signs there like the home of Hope Floats. <laughs> well, you gotta yeah, take go. Take what you can get. Yeah, with with what you got in order yeah. to pump yourself up. I know. Um, and Louise says I liked Smoke Signals for all its goofiness. I don't know if it holds up now, but it's a pretty movie and seemed fascinating in high school. I actually never seen that. Mm-mm, me neither. Mm-mm. I remember it being kind of a big deal. And then my father, Michael Livingston, says Lonesome Dove, which I'm like, first of all, not a movie. Um, and I'm just being a brat. But secondly, is that in one of those places? I've actually never seen that. Oh, yeah, I thought Lonesome Dove was Texas. Texas. I did too. Maybe oh. they travel around. Let's well, fact check your father in real time. <laughs> uh, I don't feel like they do. Dad, I think you're wrong. Looks like they went to New Mexico, but that's not any of those. Uh, oh, they do go to Montana. All right. At some point. Fine. But that's we'll a TV it. show. You're wrong. Dad. I just thought it was very funny, the difference between what your dad recommended, just in terms of, uh, of time period versus what everybody else had seen. <laughs> No. I was like, oh, uh, Michael coming in with a classic. I know. He Actually, though, I am surprised. Close Encounters of the Third Kind is maybe his favorite movie. It's mm. definitely one of his favorite movies. So um, he probably forgot about that. I have seen that, but it's been so long. I, I what movie. are what were the close encounters of the first and second kind? I don't know. Mm. It always confused me when I was little. It's like, is this a sequel? Like, is it a trilogy? <laughs> It was okay. The majority of the miniseries was filmed at the Moody Ranch, located seven miles south of Del Rio, Texas. Okay, well, Dad, you're wrong. whatever. Well, Just lots I of mean, movies were filmed in Texas that that aren't supposed to. Be I, we can't. I will continue to bring up The Big Short as Bobby's pick for Florida yes. movie, setting the bar so low for You'll what qualifies. 
I know. Well, and also, I think we did election, which, like, there was a moment in Washington, D.C., like, yeah. at the very end. That's eh, fine. It's just that it's about an election. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's <laughs> exactly. politics. The yeah. idea of it. Um, I was actually surprised. The one that I'm surprised about, and maybe people just haven't seen it, as I have not seen it, is um, the one that was nominated for Best Picture that I'm forgetting the name just now. Um, what is it called? The one that she won Best Director for. If only Christy was here. I know. She? And Wait, she's she who she 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 is. I'm forgetting everybody's name. <laughs> we need I'm more having... information. <laughs> I know. I, even I can't do this one. She just won Best Director. Jane Campion. Uh, Jane Campion. Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Thank you. We got there. Um, that was, well, it was not, actually, that one was not filmed in Montana, but it is supposed to be Montana. But I, Christy didn't like it, and I haven't seen it because it looks boring. Sorry. <laughs> People that liked it. It looked boring. But I like looking at Benedict Cumberbatch's cheekbones. It's yes. very interesting. He really is truly such an interesting looking person. Like, he is. Uh, like I, I almost like can't even like he's objectively good looking, but it's he's just like is an he though? Like that's the thing I can't understand about him. Like I'm not sure if he is. One of my very very favorite SNL sketches of all the time of all time is shit. Who uh, Beck Bennett hosting the game show is Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And they go out of their way to put up pictures of him that are so unflattering. (laughs) He just has a face. I mean, he he has a face and he has a name that he was made for stardom. It's really, he's so affected by how he's styled and how Mm -hmm. he's shot and what he's in. Mm -hmm. Like when he was in um, that Star Trek, not Wrath of Khan movie, he looked great in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he, like, when he's um, Sherlock, I'm like, oh, he's a nice looking, you know, he's mm-hmm. a nice looking guy, but he just is. But he's playing he's just, so weird. He's so weird. I mean, every time on Sherlock, it's like borderline on the spectrum person that is, like, also rude and, mm-hmm. but, like, can see what other people. Dave and I were talking about it the other day with every, like, crime kind of, you know, he's really, like, our past show, like, he's been watching whatever the mentalist or one of those mm-hmm. and he's like it's always somebody who's like kind of rude but they can see what other people can't see because yep. they're so in tune with stuff right. oh goodness well thank you guys for participating um we'll, we're on to well maybe not greener pastures but maybe more populated pastures um it's true in the coming I think we, we kind of did it as far as, like, the rural America. Yeah. Well, we got to dip down through the southwest. True, right? so true, true. Some of that true. might be yeah. pretty yeah. unpopulated. But yeah. we're getting pretty darn close to the true west coast now. I know. And it's then it remains it. to be seen how we get the minivan to Hawaii. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Is there a plane big enough for it? Can Will fly us over there? <laughs> I bet he can figure it out. <laughs> Um, all right, on to medium talk. Okay, so I'm going to set, set the scene. A few weeks ago, I read about this podcast that I was like, oh, that is something I would be super interested in. That sounds great. And it's professionally done, and I'm, I'm interested in listening to it. And it was a podcast about kind of the history of Ain't It Cool News, which 
If you talked to me in 1999, I'm sitting at my dial-up computer in my apartment in Memphis, Tennessee, really wanting to like absorb stuff about movies. Like I want to hear about what's coming out and I want to hear gossip. And somebody, I don't know who, told me about this website. And I thought, oh, this is so great. And I thought it was so cool because it would be people you know, getting an early screener, whatever. And it really was largely more sci-fi or Star Wars kind of situations. But I, whatever, I, could ta- I would take whatever I could get. And I really, I mean, I would read it a lot. It's the worst website. It's like so gross looking and, but they had good intel. So I was very into it. And then all of a sudden it really kind of turned into just the worst of itself. Like brodom, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just like, uh, you know, there, and there is a review that the guy Harry Knowles um, did about Blade 2, which is one of the most disgusting reviews I've ever read in my entire life. I can't even... It's... It, he talks about how Guillermo del Toro directed Blade 2, and he talks about how Guillermo del Toro was performing um, oral sex on the audience while making... It was like, it's what? repulsive. Like, it's repulsive. So that's kind of what that website devolved into just gross and stuff came out about Harry Knowles about like what it kind of a bad duty is and how he just mistreated people especially women and people oh, of color that's a big uh, like I think of that website as sort of like nerd gatekeeping in its yes. earliest yeah. form yes and that was exciting at first because it was before like nerd culture was really you know ubiquitous and then now it's like okay well it's just all the people that are in charge now or these are the people that they're all like incels. I mean, anyway, mm-hmm. so there was a website that was, or there was a podcast that I heard about and I was about so the history of Ain't It Cool News. And I thought, oh, I really want to interrogate this because I've sort of thought about it and how much I liked it, but how devolved it got. And I started listening to the podcast. I was really excited. Guys, it's terrible. It's mm-hmm. terrible. The guy seems nice or whatever, but he doesn't, I mean, it sounds rude. He doesn't have a great voice. He, I, it just is not well done. It sounds fine. Like it's not editing or anything. It just is not good. And the way that they structure it isn't great. I don't know. There's just, it just isn't good. And I was thinking about, God, that's the first time that I've been in a while that I've been really disappointed with something that I was super excited about in a pop culture realm. Like, I was really excited about that, and it just kind of sucked, and I don't really... I listened to some more, and he slightly got better as it went on, but it it just never really lived up to its full uh, possibility. So I was starting to think about things, whether it be movies, whether it be experiences, what have you... um, that you get are excited about and then you're just disappointed. What's not, which sounds like such a bummer, but I think as we grow older, it is something that I don't know, it maybe gets beaten out of you a little bit, but it's, I feel like in young adulthood, especially that was something that I really had to grapple with. Um, and I thought it might be an interesting topic. So should I go first with some of my other ones? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, beyond my podcast anti-recommendation, I mean, listen to it if you want to, but also it's not that good. Um, so the first thing that I was really thinking about, and I, I believe I've told this story before, so, you know, bear with me. But when I worked at Toomey, I was desperate to get out of retail. I hated working on weekends. I just, and it was such a grind. And, you know, besides the minor celebrities that would come in. It just was like, it's, I mean, besides meeting my husband, it just kind of sucked. It was, you know, and you know, and Meredith, like it just sucks the life out of you after a while. You're on your feet so much. Mm -hmm. Your body is so physically tired in a way that people don't 
think it will be because they see whatever the cashier at the grocery store at Target. And they're like, whatever. They just like stand there and all day. And that's not that's not what you do. No, and you're all. dealing with personalities all yeah. the time. Yeah, every... it's a, it's some it's a it's a job that's not valued. No, no, and not at it, all. The emotional skills that it takes to navigate are really incredible. Sometimes, yes, yeah. And I was just I was so so done with it, and so it was December, and I had. I was 24 and I was my least responsible self. And I definitely called in sick um, many times and I definitely did not have enough time to really take off, but it was my best friend was getting married on January 1st. So I, and I was the maid of honor and I said, well, I'm going to have to take off like after the 26th, I'm going to have to take off and leave. And they said, well, one, you don't have the time Two, like, no, you can't do that because it's the busiest time. And yeah. I was like, yeah, like you can't do that. Like the and only I, worst time would be the week before Christmas. Before. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. And I was just like, oh, I'm so burnt out. Well, um, around that time, this guy came in and he was like very Hollywood ish. And he had this girl trailing him. He's trying to buy all these bags. And I think he bought a bag. Now I can't remember, but. He really, we like got along. He really liked me. And he said, oh, I, you know, I really need another assistant. Like I have Heather here, but I need another assistant. Like, would you like to come work with me? And I'm thinking, this is my time. This is it. One, I get out of this shitty retail job. Two, like I am going to be an assistant to a music producer. This is so great. I'm so excited. <laughs> and so I like went to his house, which was like not that great of a house, but whatever. And I went to his house and he was like, yeah, I think this is y'all, you know, Heather's my first assistant. You're my second assistant. We're really busy right now. I'm producing this guy. And okay, I was like, and the way. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I remember telling my dad, of course, if I tell my dad something like, He's always going to second guess me. Like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Anyway, so I, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go to Emily's. I'm quitting like December 24th is my last day. I'm, then I'm going to go to Emily's wedding and I'll, I'll have like a week and then I'll come back and I'll start this job and it's going to be great. And I remember Googling the guy like right before I started it. And there were some articles about like how he was a scammer. And I was like, wait, I didn't want to see that. I'm no, I don't (laughs) want to see that. And so I started my job a little bit trepidatious. He had moved to an apartment that was like, if you've ever watched the Hills, <laughs> that was the apartments that they lived in. Mm. Like it's a nice apartment, but an apartment nonetheless. And he, from the get go, I could just tell, you just get a sense about somebody where you're like, I- I'm trying to ask him, okay, so like, what are my benefits? I mean, I should have probably asked this before, but I'm dumb. And I was like, what are my benefits? Like, what's my pay schedule? What's going, you know, how do I sign up for all that? He's like, we'll work it all out later. He was a full lunatic, like full lunatic. He was scamming his, from his mom's like social security card or something. There was no production. All we did was like, go get Starbucks. And he would yell at people on the phone. I don't know who they were. He, um, he one time I think I told the story one time he had a Bentley but it was fully like leased like it was not like he <laughs> did it by his car and one time we were driving in the valley where he's driving really fast this was my last day it was a Thursday I had been there for like a week and a half it was Thursday I was we're driving around 
some guy maybe cut him off and we were stopped at a stoplight. He got out of the car, parked the car, got out of the car, went and spit on like a minivan behind him. And I, we got back to his apartment and I was like, I have to go home. I don't feel very well. And then I just like never came back because I, I, I just never came back. It was like, so I was so scared. And it was just one of those times where I was like, I thought this was going to be like my big break. I don't really care about music production, but I thought like, okay, this is some of my entry into like the entertainment world and it's all happening for me now. But I, um, the only kind of funny thing, well, not funny, but I was a little bit happy. I had met his lawyer along the way. Okay. I mean, I guess. And after I got my job at two, at um, CBRE, I started temping at CBRE like two weeks later because I really needed some fucking money. And I remember calling this guy when I was on my lunch break, his lawyer, and I said, hey, I was never paid, which I'm kind of proud of myself for being like, I was never paid for these like two weeks of uh, labor. And he said, uh, well, David went to jail for like social security fraud. So nobody got paid. You're lucky you didn't get, you're lucky you didn't get paid because they're coming after Heather for that money. And I was like, okay, anyway, so it was good that I got out, but it really was like a big bummer. And and that's started my illustrious real estate career because I had to get a fucking job. Anyway, you mean commercial my... real estate wasn't your long time passion? <laughs> no. You thought if so, only I can get in the my foot in the door with commercial real estate. Surprisingly, no, but that is surprising. No, yeah, that was it was a it was definitely like I need money and I need it right now because I had no money and uh, my dad asked me if I was on Cobra at that point and I that dad sorry I lied to you I was not on Cobra I that was the only time in my life that I have been without a net because I looked at the Cobra and I was like um, it's so expensive who no, does that I'm 26 I think I'll I think I can muscle my way through this couple of months. Uh, um, should I keep going or do, should, do you want to flip around? Let's flip around. Uh, yeah, yeah. Meredith? Um, this is hard to admit as a proud Michigander. Um, our state motto is if you seek a beautiful peninsula, look around you. Um, but I kind of hate the beach. No, oh, I do too. Um, I have I have romanticized it um, even though I go – well, I haven't gone in a while, but since moving to Detroit, it's a lot harder. There's not so many great beaches. There are some really amazing ones on the west side of the state that I used to go to all the time. But even still, like I, I, I romanticize it, and then when I get there, I'm like, okay, it's I'm, sand is everywhere. It smells like dead fish. <laughs> the water is cold. The seaweed is weird. Yes, it's not as great as I think it's going to be every single time. I, maybe it's like from when I was a kid and really loved it and didn't care about that stuff. But I remember like swimming and there's a fish floating by and like, ooh, mm-hmm. good. <laughs> like that <laughs> happened when I was a little kid too. So I don't know. I don't know where this comes from. Just maybe that the beach in like culture is so, you know, meant to be like the best getaway in the world. But it's not for me. It's not, no. I don't think for a lot of people. You get sunburnt. It's exhausting. Like, I can't be there for so much a schlepping. Hours. So much schlepping to the oh, beach. Oh, I know how much you love schlepping. Oh, yeah. You have to bring your chair it. and all your junk in a cooler and blah, blah, blah. And, a, and you get uh, sand and everything. And everything. Get, it is mm-hmm. in your vagina at some point. Yep. Yeah. It's not all it's cracked up to be. Um, and maybe this is partly where like my ocean hatred comes from because I hate the ocean even more because it's even more <laughs> disgusting than the Great Lakes. Yes, I agree. So I fully agree. Two thumbs I, down to the beach. 
I think Christy one time said, I like to be in a pool looking at a beach. And I'm like, that's ideal. You know, I when I was in the Dominican Republic, we were at a place that had a pool right next to the beach. And I was like, this is ridiculous. But then I was like, wait a minute. Actually, this rules. it's great. There's no sand. The water is not salty. <laughs> yes. Uh, never mind. I love this. <laughs> I hate salt water. And when it gets in your nose, oh, I hate it. It's I so uncomfortable. It. It's so uncomfortable. I agree. Yeah. No, thank you, Beach. Well, so do <laughs> things change if you're 12 and you go on a week-long um, field trip with your class to France uh, outside of Saint-Tropez to the beach and the camp where you're staying um, is what's well, France, so it's um, Tops Optional Beach? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Does that Anne. change your calculation <laughs> at all? Uh, I mean, it would probably make it worse. Like, that sounds way more uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, you have not lived until you've seen a bunch of 12-year-old boys trying so hard not to look when all they want to do is look. Look. Oh, man. I ladies with imagine. their boobas out. No, thank Were they, you. Was it like a good-looking kind of crew of people? Or was it uh, like... I don't know. I was 12. Yeah. And it was a camp where... Yeah. People I feel like say, I was. I went to Cyprus when I was twelve, and there were nudist beach beaches there, and it was not what you would think. No. It was not no. like Baywatch. <laughs> no, it was like old, like seventy year old dudes. <laughs> not not surprising. I did go to a topless beach once in like in Greece, I think, and we like all the girls went in the water, and we took our tops off, and then we like got, and then we like put them back on, like our backs yeah, to the boys, and we got back on, and we're like, okay, we did it, we're done. <laughs> Way to go. Skinny <laughs> dipping is fun. I've done that at my dad's lake at night when nobody was around, like with my best friend. Like we jumped yes. in. We were probably drinking or smoking something. Um, but that's literally the only time I would feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. Night. Night All swimming. Right. Well, cross night that swimming. off the list then for our next Tishi meetup. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're not going into that lake you know. At Will's house? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, no. Well, Meredith, you've already been in there. Well, I, with my yeah. top on, I have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I wasn't even thinking about, like, I don't appear in public in a bathing suit, but you guys do. But I was thinking about the time you were in the paddle boat. You and Bobby sank the paddle boat. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and Gregory and I paddle boated around that lake, too. Right. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's a nice lake. But we were yeah. clothed. Clothed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think nude like uh, uh, water sports huh. um, <laughs> um, huh. um, it, it is not appealing no. either either um type of nude water sports it does it is like it feels very freeing but it's a it's like a terrifying freedom <laughs> <laughs> an unprotected freedom yeah uh and well i don't know that i I'm going to get all existential on this. We were talking about this um, topic beforehand. I was like, I don't know how well I'm going to do with this because mostly, especially since I've been an adult, I spend my time trying never to get too excited about anything and that way you won't be disappointed. Um, But on that theme, perhaps this is too large a topic, but adulthood has been a disappointing (laughs) reality. I mean, I totally agree with that. I, yeah, you, me too. Like, I didn't love being a kid, and I didn't love being a teenager. I wasn't really waiting to grow up. But, you know, you chafe under following rules that you don't 
understand and haven't made. And you think, well, when I, you know, get to be an adult, I'll have more freedom and I can buy all the Charleston shoes I want at the the (laughs) drugstore or whatever. And I can have McDonald's every day and I'll have a car and I can do all of that stuff. But the stresses of being an adult are so much, so different. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah. equally as bad as being a kid and a teenager. Because it's all like on you yep. to make the decisions. There's a lot yep. more pressure. I remember being, I remember my 10th birthday and my my two aunts, my dad's sisters were like, ooh, double digits. And they were like, ha ha ha, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> and I, I hated being a kid. I hated the lack of freedom. I hated the lack of control I had over my life. And I remember thinking, if it gets worse than this, I'm out of here. Like, forget yeah. it. I'm jumping <laughs> off the roof. Little did I know, it got so, so, so much worse. So much worse. But it's just such a different set of stresses and factors yeah. that make you unhappy. That yeah. it's not something that you can comprehend as a kid. Like, I'll tell you this. I never knew how much my body would hurt. <laughs> yeah. I'm only 45. <laughs> Does everything hurt so much? I squatted down the other day to pet the cat, and I was like, what happened to my legs? Something <laughs> is wrong with me. <laughs> the thing that I have recognized is, so like I said, we went to my friends for dinner, and last night I went out with my aunt for dinner, and I have recognized that if I get one millimeter out of my very precise schedule I have out throughout the day, I'm thrown off for like a full 24 hours. Like I can't quite get it back. And it's not like I'm heavily drinking or anything. It was just more like, but I'm supposed to be getting into bed right now. And I'm supposed I need to wake up and do everything in my life is timed. Like I'm like, okay, I do this for 10 minutes and then I do this and then do this. And that's how, and when I get off of it, it really freaks me out. And I didn't realize that that was going to be a thing (laughs) in adulthood. It very much is. Yeah. I know. And maybe it's just more on my mind lately because we have talked so many times about when you reach the point when you're like, I just wish I still had a landlord so I could call them. But with all of my various utility problems over the last few weeks, I'm just like, I I don't want this. I don't want this. Well, I thought about that too when I was planning the trip to San Francisco. I thought... I wish my mom was planning this. Like, why did I have to? Can nobody else help me with this? And nobody else can. It's all on me. <laughs> yeah, but that also comes with some pitfalls as well. Because I, yeah. for my one of my first real vacations that I did with uh, my senior college roommate, as we went to, I guess it wasn't when we went to San Francisco. It was when we went to Switzerland. You'd think that I'd have some input on this since I used to live there. (laughs) But I I was so happy to sit back and let her do the research and make the plans and all that. And I was like, this is great. I can just go along for the ride. But then I got there, you know, she wants to do things I'm not interested in and wants to run the schedule in ways that I would do differently. And like, I'm just like, well, she overrode my suggestions until I was like, I am sick of you, (laughs) you know, and we got to this point where like. She strong armed me into doing everything the way that she wanted to do. And maybe that was her right since she did all the work to plan it. But by the time we got to the top of the fucking glacier, (laughs) I was like, I'm one, I'm doing this on my own. (laughs) 
<laughs> and we spent the whole afternoon apart at the top of a fucking mountain. <laughs> Like looking at the ice caves and going out on the glacier and looking at the <laughs> observatory all by ourselves because I was ignoring like, I each other. Cannot deal with you anymore. And she didn't understand at all why. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I did get to control the narrative, but not wanted- not one of my like finer moments. But <laughs> I feel so lucky. My friend Jocelyn is like the best trip planner in the world. Like we've gone, we've traveled many, many times together, and I just let her do it and but she's like super chill about it she's like okay here's what i was thinking but if you don't want to do it don't have to like don't feel pressure here like she always comes up with like 10 options which is exhausting to me like don't i can't think about all that but she's like okay here's what i was thinking but if you want to do this we can do this and if you want to do that we can do that and sometimes you know she just wants to go off and do her own thing and i'll go off and do my own thing and it doesn't offend anybody so that's the ideal situation yeah uh, my college roommate and I went to Europe after college and she, I talked about her. I love her, but she was not, I would maybe travel with her now, but at the time it was all on me and she only wanted to do things all together. She didn't let me do the sound of music tour in um, oh, Salzburg no. because she didn't want to go. And I'm like, you don't have to go. You don't have to go. Just everything about home. you. Yeah. I want to go. I want to dance. Ugh. No, and I'm there with you. It's yeah. it's like you have freedom, and I do love that I don't come home and I don't have homework most of the times at the end of the night, but it's also like I'm tired now, and I just want to go to bed. Yep. And I wonder if maybe it's a little bit the times that we're living in, the yeah. generation in which we've grown up, because I don't know about you guys, but I have no expectation of there being a social safety net <laughs> no, for me nope. when I'm no. in a position to need it. You know, maybe our parents and grandparents grew up with the security of that, but I certainly don't. I go to bed at night with visions of, like, me pushing a shopping cart, like, filled with empty soup cans. <laughs> like, how no. am I going to live when I'm 85 and yeah. I don't have any family to support me except my nephews who live across <laughs> the country? You're like, Auntie Anne is coming over. Yeah, we're great. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we have to do something about Aunt Anne. Like, I'm not looking forward to that. I know. I don't oh, feel great. I'm going to build a compound in the woods and you can come stay in yes. one of our many houses that we're going to build it's true you know i'll be helpful Mm -hmm. oh yeah you can bake for us okay (laughs) retirement sorted done yeah um all right to um to kind of this is a very light one we had talked about it when we talked about it on the show and i remember one of my earliest disappointments in life was i've talked so on the show about how much i loved the jetsons like loved the Jetsons. It was my favorite. I had favorite episodes. I, I like favorite. I had favorite like because there were definitely time periods. There were sort of the newer ones where you could tell it was jazz. You know, it was like updated for the eighties. I like the ones that were like in the sixties that were super mm-hmm. groovy. Anyway, I love, I love the sound that the little space car. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so good. Love the Jetsons. And then, so in the 80s, at some point, they decided to do a crossover event. 
it was, it was the Jetsons meet the Flintstones. I think it was in 1987. <laughs> I think you've talked about how much you hated this before. <laughs> I was so excited. Even though I'm not a Flintstones fan, I was like, no, I'm excited. It's just more content. And like these two Hanna-Barbera properties, like they're merging into one. And I like, how are they even going to do it? It's one's the future and one's the past. How is it going to happen? I obviously haven't watched it in a while, but I remember being so disappointed. I was like, this is terrible. And it really let me down. And it really was when I was in that like more hopeful period of my life you know I'm all of nine years old and I'm thinking every you know when you're nine and you're like everything I watch is great like I I didn't have that Absolutely. much of it like, the, fact <laughs> the TV is on is all you need and I was like that was one of the first times that I thought this was terrible this was not good I did not enjoy it and it made me very sad and I don't know. Maybe it made me have a more critical eye. And I I think we did when we were on the um, Jamboree, we were talking about how crossover events always seem exciting, but it almost, they almost always suck. Yep. Mm-hmm. Always. <laughs> I don't think there's ever really been a good one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's sometimes where they do like a spinoff and that's fine. But oh, yeah. Like it wasn't a, a six million dollar man into the bionic woman. Bionic well, I, Woman was awesome. But. And you really should be married to Dave Butler because he, I think Lindsay Wagner is like his like <laughs> ideal woman. <laughs> like he refers to Bionic Woman a lot. Well, the only reason that I know that much about the Bionic Woman is, as I've said before, uh, the English TV stations in Switzerland were 20 years behind. So there was lots of bionic woman on. <laughs> You're really catching up with like Remington Steele. You're like, I know. What oh is my going- God. <laughs> Remington Steele. He was so handsome. He was so, God, he was so handsome. He still is handsome, actually. Still handsome. Yeah. Um, anyway, yes, Jens, uh, mostly um, crossovers are terrible, especially Jetsons Meet the Flintstones. <laughs> I, I can't necessarily agree with that because I don't recall seeing the Jetsons meet the. I wonder if I can find it streaming. It, you know? I know, I know. Where Just is to it? Just confirm that it sucks. It sucks. We, we really are, need a Tishi movie night one of these <laughs> weeks. Yeah. Ooh, maybe if we find it, we could do a oh like, I'm gonna go search it. Do a watch and along. On, and- and honestly, I mean, now in retrospect, thinking about George Jetson, he's awful. All of the like male protagonists in these shows are terrible. They're like shocker. I know, but I, you know, he. I think I liked him better than Fred Flintstone because he was just kind of a nerd. But now I'm he like, wasn't no, he's dumb. Yeah, and and he does like the. It's almost worse because he's a nerd who thinks he's like powerful. Yeah, yeah, he thinks he's in yeah. charge of everything. And yes, he's not. all I wanted to be was Judy. That's all I wanted to be. Yeah, a teen with a side the phone yes <laughs> exactly on the phone with your friends all day yes and money yes please mm-hmm. daddy um all right meredith um okay so i um i don't know it's always been kind of a hobby of mine even when i was like a young teen i would love to, to go to drugstores and browse the skincare stuff and i'm talking about like L'Oreal and Neutrogena, like nothing fancy. Just I just enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. Cetaphil. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, I've kind of like come full circle and, and really love that stuff now. That's <laughs> it's all so I good. Use. Yes. It's really, really great. Yeah. Um, but I, I have such high hopes. I'm 40 years old. My skin is not getting better. <laughs> like, <laughs> but every time I get something new and something fancy and some $80 cream from Sephora, I'm like, 
this is it. This is, this is it. <laughs> all my problems. This is going to be perfect and it's going to be great. And my it skin never is going to be like Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And for some reason, like I don't have a surgeon and I don't have, yeah, I have a dermatologist, but it's because I have rosacea. Um, it's not glamorous. Uh, so yeah, every, every system that I try, it's like either like, oh, this does nothing or this makes it worse. Yes. <laughs> and I'm always disappointed. You should, I, Hillary, I think I've sent you pictures of my medicine cabinet before. Yes. yes. There's no medicine in it. It's, <laughs> it's literally three shelves packed to the gills with skincare stuff. And I literally use all of it and maybe that's why my skin isn't so great gregory is like maybe if you just like didn't do all that it would better i i it was the same and i feel like a few years ago it really became like skincare is the new you know everybody wants oh, it's to like a not, hobby yeah yes and i was like oh, i'm gonna try to get into it and the thing about my skin is that i break out like i don't have sensitive skin in the way that like i'll get a rash or something like i don't it doesn't turn red or anything like that, but I will break out at the drop of hat. So yeah, Cetaphil and CeraVe are like the two things and Tretinoin are like the yep. three things that I can use. I can't use anything that's like, ooh, a fun oil to put on your face. My skin's like, oh, would you like cystic acne? Here you go. <laughs> See, I've been using a retinoid for years, like almost... Well, I think I started in my like early 30s, so almost 10 years now at this point, because I had pretty bad acne like from my teen years until mm -hmm. like probably I still would if I wasn't using tretinoin but um I that has definitely helped a great deal but I think it also it turned me from having very oily skin to having very dry skin, dry skin. which is right. like I still am mm -hmm. like not even able to to process that like I still think of myself as having oily skin so I, <laughs> I don't I'm not very good at dealing with it I don't really know like what products I should use and shouldn't use although you can really fall into the weeds of like yeah. being a skincare chemist if you if you start to look into like skincare addict subreddit and oh, I follow God, a bunch of dermatologists no. on, on Instagram, <laughs> on Instagram. And stuff. And you get into the the ingredients and stuff, and 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 sometimes it's necessary because if you're layering products, you're like, oh, this one's oil based and this one's water based. I can't layer them because they'll pill. So I have to like become a chemist and read all the ingredients and figure out like, okay, this can go on top of this, but this can't go on top of that. And that's why like Cerave is like, okay, that's just easy and just yes. the cleanser and the moisturizer and you're good. Like and sunscreen and that's all yeah. you really need. But also that's not as simple as you think. I have 4 million sunscreens because most sunscreens in the United States are garbage. Yes. And they make your skin feel tacky and gross and they, you know, you have to reapply them every 2 hours and nobody does that and so I've <laughs> <laughs> I started to, actually I'm kind of going to contradict myself because I've found some Korean sunscreens that are actually really amazing. Ooh. And they genuinely are all they're cracked up to be. They don't feel disgusting on your skin. You don't have to reapply them constantly. You should reapply them, but they are more like putting a, a nice light lotion on your face instead of putting like a disgusting paste. Gloppy paste. I, Meredith, with oh, the skincare, I was thinking about like, and when you were saying about the gas smell a couple of weeks ago, you're like, is it? Is that? No. Mm -hmm. Is that? No, but that's how it, I feel about it. Probably not. <laughs> that's how I feel about skincare. Where I'm like, is it working? I think no. Maybe no. <laughs> yeah, because you have to use day. it like consistently for weeks before you yes. see any change whatsoever. Yeah. And I just have never. I mean, I always use stuff up. You know, I I go through the bottles and 
but it, nothing ever really makes that big of a difference. What does make a difference is sunscreen and retinol. And I've been going to the dermatologist and getting my face lasered <laughs> to get the redness to go away. And that's hmm. literally the only thing that actually works. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess my philosophy has always been, well, I guess I have zits. <laughs> I know. I don't mind like little zits. I have a one zit right now that really truly is like I like my fr- I have to when I'm at home I have to put a patch on it because I'll just touch it. And I'm like mm-hmm. mm, yeah, mm, and getting all my gross hand. That's germs actually like on one it. of the great side effects of those patch things is that you yes. can't touch get it. your hands that's, all over your. Well, that's zits. why I use them because mm-hmm. I just touch it. Is it going away? No. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly haven't had a zit in months. Knock on everything. I don't know how, but like maybe I'm. I don't, I don't want to jinx past it. it. May, I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> don't jinx it. <laughs> um, Anne? Well, we already kind of touched on the yes. other one that I came up with. <laughs> I'm going to say, in general, the reality of a vacation is fairly disappointing. Yes. You know, I was thinking about this in terms of, you know, it was probably like four or five years ago now that I went to... Portugal, because I I sent a postcard, an audio postcard yes. in for the show, so it can't have been that That's when I was ago. a wee listener. Yes. It was Portugal yeah. the Anne. I thought that was so That's funny. true. And the thing is, I'm really glad that I went to Portugal. It was an incredibly interesting place, and I saw a lot of really interesting things, but at the time, I wasn't that happy. Well, I was there. I was kind of, after like the second day, I started thinking, when can I go home? (laughs) I I just, I want to sleep in my own bed and I'm tired. And it's like the problem with going on a vacation, especially when you're exploring a new place, is that you don't have any patterns set up. And so anytime... You ever do anything, you need to make a decision from like, where do you go to get breakfast to where do you f- find a drugstore because you started your period three days early <laughs> Ugh. to, Always. you know, how do you travel here to what do you do? And it's exhausting it in a way that yeah. you never anticipated, especially when you're mean, you travel without a partner, yeah. then it really gets on there. And that was still in the time of my life where I was really battling with food issues and disordered eating. And so going to a place where the cuisine was entirely different and I wanted to make the most of it and not go to McDonald's, the McDonald's across from my hotel. Not that there's anything wrong with going to McDonald's or fast food or whatever when you're on on vacation, but sometimes you just need a Mm -hmm. familiar burger. But that's not how I wanted to spend this time and sort of the stress of being like well is this a tourist trap or is this like real actual portuguese food or what am i doing it was just a really stressful experience and i was so tired from all the jet lag and i just wanted to go home and so that's kind of how all vacations are for me at some point Mm -hmm. i just wish that i'd been at home i know i remember when i was a kid just again probably because i was being shuttled around being so excited about vacations and like never wanting to go home i just wanted to stay on vacation because i loved it so much now i find with vacations i like 
even though I said, oh, I want somebody else to plan. I do like the kind of searching and planning and doing the investigative work. While I'm there, yes, I might have some fun, but it's hard. And then when I get home, I'm like, oh, that was fun. You know, where you kind of like have rose colored 2020 glasses on. I'm always glad um, that I went to a place, but at the time there are challenges that are like very different from right. those yes. at home. Yes. I find maybe it's like it's that the connective tissue isn't there on vacations. And, and you're that's like, the okay. same way that I, cause I've moved cities a few times in my life and I feel the same way every time I move to a new city. It's like, I don't know where to send my dry cleaning. Like I don't know right. where the good grocery yes. store is. And it's very Who's disorienting. My doctor? Yeah. It's weird. Cause you don't have any memories. You don't have any patterns. You don't have anything. You or feel you know about a little bit. There are things that I want to do on vacation, but like thing A and thing B. And how do I connect those yes. two? How do yeah. I get from one to the other? Not just physically, but like time-wise. Yes. And- this was like most of my trip in San Francisco. It was like, how do I most efficiently do all these things that we need to do and not spend a million dollars in Uber and or be in the right direction if I'm going this way and this way and we only have three days to do it is the weather going to be okay is it all going to work out it is stressful yeah. right the idea of money like I've spent all this money now I need to maximize this it, time exactly. and this experience right. exactly and if you're kind of like frugal or even frugal adjacent you're just like oh spending so much money doing this yeah it better yeah, it be hurts. worth it mm-hmm. and it feels wrong to think I would rather just be Lying on the couch. We're <laughs> sitting by the pool if you're Hillary. Like <laughs> I could have done something like this for free and I would have I been happier. With that. Yeah. No. I love my pool. I love that pool. Well, sometimes I wish I had a private pool. I want I one of those fancy houses that has like an indoor lap pool. Oh, that would be nice. Yes. I have a friend nice. who's a real estate agent in Detroit and she put a picture up of a home that had just built a pool straight up in the middle of the house, like in the living room. <laughs> oh, wow. And I was like, okay, this is like the perfect example of why Detroit is the Wild West. Nobody cares. <laughs> it's so illegal. It's so against the building code, but nobody cares. And it was clearly built in like the 80s. So it's been around for a while. They're like, whatever, we've given up. Yeah, well, there was... So in this Netflix show that I talked about a long time ago, The World's Most Extraordinary Homes, which is uh, not just like super expensive homes, but it's like architecturally interesting homes and how Mm. they were designed and made like in conjunction. Like there's an architect who's one of the hosts. So like he geeks out about the architect. But I remember there was one in Spain where they had two swimming pools one was on the ground floor and one was on the second floor and it like crisscrossed over the top of the the yeah the top of the first one it had like a glass floor and it was so fucking cool you guys and like the entire walls would slide back so that you could just walk out into everywhere wow like i'm down for that yeah that was an expensive one that was an expensive house i will say (laughs) Uh, yeah i imagine Oh, yeah. I hear you. Um, all right. For my last one. <laughs> I love this. I've, most of drugs that I've met in my life, I've enjoyed. Sorry, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> what? I and, what? I haven't you? tried like all of them. It's not like I've done heroin or anything like that. Um, but I remember somebody who was like, let's do mushrooms. And I had never tried it. And I was a little bit hesitant because I... I never did like acid or anything because I was sort of scared of 
you know, in the like it, when we were in like dance programs or whatever. That. It sounds terrifying. I'm never. Well, and it. it was always like if you have one bad trip, like it'll stick with you for the rest of your oh, life. Oh, they told you that it would like haunt you and you'd get flashbacks. <laughs> <forever>. <laughs> I know. And yeah, I'm, yeah. Yes. You jump so, off a building. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to do any of those. Like, I'll just, I'll just do the ones that are, you know, chemically cut with like fentanyl or whatever. But I'm not yeah. going to do that. <laughs> Um, but I decided, my friend said, oh, I have mushrooms. Do you want to try it? And I was definitely in my, okay, like I'll try anything. I hated it. I hated it. And it did, I didn't have like a bad trip. It was one of those, I, I again, feel like I've said this before. It, I, I felt like when you, in the nineties, when they had those posters where you're supposed to look at it and like a, something's supposed to pop out of it, like you're supposed to train your eyes to see oh, magic some eye. 3D. Yes. Yeah. Everybody was like, I'm seeing magical, mystical things. This is amazing. And I just was tired. I was like, this sucks. Like, I'm so, am I supposed to, maybe I'm so like analytical or something that I no. like can't get there, but I just couldn't get there. I just felt kind of stoned and tired. I but, tried like, them one time way. too, Hillary, and it yeah. was at a, I was with a terrible boyfriend who in retrospect was a predator because he was way older than me and I was a teenager, but he was like, here, we're going to go to a fish show. And I was like, okay. Oh God, a number one. And here, yeah. Okay. So that, that's the situation. But he was like, here, have mushrooms. And I was like, well, I guess so. Like may as well. And so I, ha- I ate them in the bathroom of Van Andel Arena in Grand Rapids before the fish show. And I cried the entire time. <laughs> oh, no. It was pure misery. But that just all it does is amplify the way that you're feeling. And I yes. hate fish and I hated him <laughs> and I hated everything about it. So, of course, I was crying. Um, and they are like on the ballot to be legalized here. And I'm like vaguely curious to try, but in a much better Yes. situation you situation know, like maybe at home like where i'm comfortable and happy like yes. maybe it would be interesting i don't know but it's nothing that i'm clamoring to do again you know what in in sort of like a, a like similar ways when i did them we were in santa monica and one of my friends lived close to the beach and they're like let's go out to the beach and they all like went in the water and i was just like standing there like in the back smoking a cigarette like annoyedly smoking a cigarette and i was like i hate this i don't want to be at the beach i'm not even this is stupid yeah i was like trying to like look at the stars and see if i could like (laughs) like you're trying to like hallucinate (laughs) (laughs) it was not good yeah not good that's not yeah I, don't, I know like Michael Pollan, I think, or they're all into like psilocybin or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't I mean, not for me. I'm not, my brain doesn't go that way. No, well, you're probably not in need of it to yes. cure your crippling depression. <laughs> <or anything>. Yeah, <laughs> no. like, yeah, like uh, more power to you. Just a, it was a disappointing experience. I was in mm-hmm. a drug phase of my life where I was very into drugs and that was a disappointing experience for me. Well, I have to say that uh, I've never been disappointed any of the times I've taken mushrooms. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Good. Because that would be zero times. <laughs> I was like, wow, Anne, are you even breaking news here? <laughs> I mean, unless we're talking like button mushrooms and shiitakes <laughs> and stuff. Listen, love a portobello. Love a portobello. <laughs> I, I always thought, like, I'm not a vegetarian, but I thought, like, I could get into this. I love a portobello mushroom. They're tasty. Totally. Some people just can't, you know, aren't into that fungus taste. No, I love it. I love it. Oh, speaking of which, I just thought of another one. Ooh. Not with, (laughs) I'll say it when you get to it, not with a pH. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, Meredith. 
Um, okay, so we all obviously love Great British Baking Show. Um, we sure do. That's a yep. wonderful show. I love it so much. I will watch it over and over and over forever. But I think the majority of competition shows, especially in the U.S., are pretty terrible. Yes, mm-hmm. um, I agree. We used to watch Forged in Fire. We went through like almost every episode of that as a sleepy time show, and it was actually really good because I didn't care at all about it at first. And then I started to develop opinions on making steel, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I can't believe He's doing that. You can't go in for another quench. Oh, my God. Your steel is going to be so brittle. You idiot. Yeah. So I, I began to care. but the, and, and it's ridiculous. It's a very silly show, but it, it was good for what it was. And then when we ran out of, of Forged and Fires to watch, we were searching around for other ones to watch. And we tried, like, so many of them. There were so many on Netflix, and they were all just garbage. And there was The Repair Shop is a BBC show, and that was awful. Like, it seemed very wholesome and sweet, but I just hated it. So I was, I've was i been very, very disappointed in, like, almost every other competition show. And I feel like they're trying to chase the lightning of, totally. of Great British Bake Off. And like there's, the like, pottery all these competition shows of, like, cakes and um, cooking. You know, it's, like, home cook, whatever. And, you know, it's it's bake off but with like dinner and it's all right. garbage it all sucks and i hate it and it's very disappointing yeah i think the one thing that american competitions don't understand well probably because they've been successful with like american idol is there are so many of us who just aren't interested in casting for drama right you know personality as drama i, d- I don't care i you know all those well, I mean, we're getting into like the reality competition shows when you talk with the people who are like, "I'm not here to make friends." <laughs> like, I I don't care. I yes. that's not the kind of drama that I'm looking for. I the drama that I want is is the souffle going to fall when they take yeah. it out of the oven? Yes, yes. those are the you stakes. know. I think I think if you can't create a show that has natural drama in it, you should walk away. Although there are plenty of people that like love Big Brother. I could not watch Big Brother no. if Mm-mm. you no. like tied me to a chair and strapped no. my eyelids open. There's no. just there's there's no way that's no. not what I'm interested in. But I will say, The Amazing Race used to be good. Oh, I haven't I used watched to it love, in years. God, I loved The Amazing Race. Dave and I, I, I remember when we watched it. I said I could only go with somebody who I was like friends with, who I felt close but not super close to. Because if I went with Dave, we would immediately get divorced. Because I'm like, you're such a <laughs> fucking idiot. What is wrong? I need to go with somebody who I have a cordial relationship with, so we could work together. I would yeah. scream. It was a great show, and then they gradually started to do more stunt casting yes, and get yes. like reality shows, people <laughs> and like YouTubers and whatever. You know, and I'm and- like, I'm not interested. When, like, Boston Rob is yeah. making appearances, yeah. you're like, it's done. It's I mean, done. honestly, Boston Rob was really good. He was good. On it, but he knows how to be a reality contestant. But, yeah, so, and then they started switching it around on um, the TV schedule. And I'm, you know, I I think this was pre-Anne has a channel master yes. DVR. <laughs> so I had to know when it was on to be able to watch it. And I stopped. I will say the other one, work. the only other competition show american competition show that i ever really liked was so you think you can dance oh yeah and Mm. that it seems funny because like it's american idol but just with dancing right but the problem is i'm too good of a singer to watch american idol because 
Well, they I have play up opinions. the terrible ones. Yeah, yes. And there is a, a very big element of mockery towards the untalented. But I, but the great thing about So You Think You Can Dance is that there is no mocking. Yeah. Right. And that everybody is really broadly supportive of the joy of dancing. And even if the, the person is not a good dancer, um, they do all the auditions publicly so the other auditioners can watch. And you can see even, you know, if it's um, like they understand movement. So even if it's somebody's doing something that's wildly different from their styles, like the the B-boys can really appreciate a, a, how a ballet dancer moves their body. So yeah. even if it's not right. their thing, it's really supportive. So I like that show. But other than that, I think I think you're really right, Meredith. And all the trying to recapture lightning in a bottle is disappointing. Yeah, yeah. In the early days, I loved. I ne- I could never do American Idol because I yeah of the embarrassment factor of it. I was right. like, yep. I can't do this. I loved. Well, I mean, I you know I watched like every trash show. I loved like. America's Next Top Model, which was so dumb, but loved it. Oh my it. God, I liked that for quite a few years. <laughs> I know, I know, so many. And I, I loved the early seasons of um, Project Runway because it was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, look what they can do. But then the thing is that always happens is when they grow older and older in the, his, you know, in the series, they, they do try to like trot out tricks. And then Project Runway moved you know, it moved stations and stuff. So it was, it ended up kind of being wonky and I fell off of it, but there was in the beginning few seasons, God, I remember watching the first season of survivor, which is a show that some people still love kind of like, um, big brother where it's just, they had these devoted fans that keep watching it season after season. But I remember watching that first season and being like, this is amazing. But it was just the early dawn of, of reality. Yep. It was before, People had learned all the tricks of reality TV. Yes. And I mean contestants. Yes. Before, it, it was people who were learning like the social reality competitions for the first time rather yeah. than having grown up watching them and knowing yes. how mm-hmm. to be most appealing or yes. get the most airtime or whatever. Yeah, they were yeah. actually like kind of natural yep. seeming. Yep. There was some actual like passion yes. uh, in, in all of that. Um, all right. As referred to previously, and not with a PH, what is your final one? I'm always so disappointed by fish, you guys. Not the band, PH. I mean, I'm disappointed by both. You know, yeah. <laughs> but I really want to love the food fish. And I don't dislike it. You know, it, it's fine. We didn't, I've said before, we didn't eat it growing up at my house because my mother does not like fish. Yeah. And so she d- used to every, about once a year, she would do a fish fry, deep fried fish. Let me tell you, that's good. Everybody yes. liked that. But mm-hmm. in yeah. general, having fish dishes or going out to seafood restaurants wasn't a thing that we did. So it wasn't until I grew up and left the house. And so maybe some of that shapes it. Maybe there's a genetic component from growing up in the Midwest where we have the lakes, but it's not like, you know, we have super fresh, fresh sushi sources. We say that a few times fast. I had the same thing. We did not have a lot of fish growing up. It's yeah, only like, yeah. recently that we have really, really good sushi here. 
And so you hear about people that just oh, and we talked when we talked about appetizers, we did a whole thing on oysters and the disappointment of oysters. <laughs> but it's like you hear about people that like just love sushi so much, or love fish, or always ordering fish. And it's like I don't have a problem with it. Like oh, like a good piece of salmon, that's yeah. nice. But if I'm going to a restaurant, and I'm looking at the menu. That's never what I'm going to pick. No, yeah, because I would so much rather have pasta hush Hillary. <laughs> or you know a steak or a nice yeah. rice pilaf or something it's just the fish is never ever going to come to the top of the list for me and i wish that i liked it more because you hear so much about the health benefits of it but it's just a very meh experience for me yeah i like salmon a lot and i eat it a lot but that is about the only fish that i would order off a menu I think like I just don't yeah I I mean I think we all kind of grew up in relatively landlocked areas I know that there are lakes obviously but meaning like we're not by the coast and I remember one time I wanted because I did love fried shrimp when I was a kid loved fried shrimp and I tried to order a shrimp enchilada at a Mexican restaurant and my mom was like no no we don't do, do that here that. don't do it <laughs> not a good there idea there is very good white fish here like lake Whitefish, mm-hmm. um, but that's like the only good kind of fish that you get that's from here. Otherwise, oh, you're like, yeah. stay away from like the lake, the lake trout and stuff. Yeah, if you come to Minnesota and there's any restaurant with a sort of pretense to local cuisine, you're gonna find walleye on the yes. menu. And there's a certain kind of person, or maybe age of person, it seems to be an older thing, yeah. frankly, who is just going to go gaga over their walleye fillets. <laughs> Did I tell you guys about my brother's walleye prank? No. no. Okay, so we have a cottage on this tiny little lake. Like, it's a po- it's like a large pond. It's barely a lake. <laughs> it's, it's called Little Bass Lake because it's so little that only the, the bass don't grow very large. Um, so... We've been going to this lake for my entire life. My my d- mom and dad's best friends um, bought a house on this lake after college, and then my dad bought a plot of land a couple doors down from them, and then the cottage next to them later on. So I've been going to this lake my whole entire life. It's it's like about an hour north um, of Grand Rapids. So one time my brother, you know, we we would go fishing. Um, with a net, basically, like we would go get fast food on the way there and our extra fries that we didn't eat. Surprising in retrospect that we had fries left over, but we always did. I was going to say. (laughs) I don't know how that worked, but, um, we would take the fries and we would take a net and fish off the dock, just throw, you know, fries in the water and then scoop up the fish. They were dumb bluegills. Um, and that was the extent of our fishing. But my brother took the boat out. We had a, we had a canoe and a paddle boat and he took the boat out with a cooler, one day and he came back hours later he was probably like 15 at this point and prime he came, asshole time, prime right? asshole age and he was like the world's biggest asshole and <laughs> he came back with the cooler open and a huge walleye and he told everybody that he caught this walleye in the lake the local shop started like stocking their walleye bait it was like the talk of the town for a good the entire summer he had just t- bought it from Meyer, which oh, is basically no. Target of Michigan, and <laughs> took it out there in the cooler and just opened it up on the way oh, back God. to shore. But why? <laughs> to be an asshole. He was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to see what he could do. And, like, you're totally right, Anne. Like, all the old dudes were like, oh, my God, I'm going to go out there and get some walleye. Like, <laughs> they- 
it really energized the area. Oh my god. Yeah, it's like the the height of the boomer cuisine. Yes. Fresh caught walleye. It really excited people to, to an uh, extent that I really am still surprised by. Yeah. <sighs> Well, right. I wish I could develop a taste for fish. But I know. like I said, I don't hate it. It's fine. I'll, I'll eat of, it if it's offered to me there. But, you know. It's always like, it kind of sounds choice. better in the menu. And then you're like, mm, I eat it because it's good for me like a couple times a month. And that's yeah. Because I'm afraid of mercury, too. I like a good fish taco at a Mexican restaurant. I mean, not I like Hillary's kind of at fish taco. Like, <laughs> I think the first time I had one was my first visit to LA, and I was like chuckling the whole time. I was like, huh? everybody was saying it unironically, and I was like, you guys are hilarious, dumb. <laughs> um, all right, Meredith, take my us last out. one. I chose just to make you mad, Hillary. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> no, it's okay. um, Birthdays, I find extraordinarily disappointing. My birthday has always been the absolute pits. I've talked about this before. It's December 28th, the absolute worst day on earth to be born because it's smack dab between Christmas and New Year's. Everybody is tired or broke or out of town or doesn't feel like doing anything or they're already doing stuff. So it sucks for so many reasons. Um, Not to mention the combined Christmas birthday presents that inevitably happen or the just total disregard of birthday entirely. (laughs) That's the, that's the more likely scenario is just everybody forgets. (laughs) Meredith, you're saying this two days after my half birthday. How? And my anniversary, which is the same thing, but okay. Yes, I know. Um, I know. I'm sorry, but I, I hate my birthday. I, it sucks. Um, and, uh, you know, nobody ever carried me downstairs to the, to the <laughs> breakfast table. So probably not even Can when I was a baby. They probably made me walk down the stairs well, when I was a You infant. know, what's, what's funny is, like, I now have metered my excitement for my birthday, even though I played up a little bit on the show. But I definitely um, have had birthdays where I get so excited about my birthday. And then the birthday is like fine like it's yeah i feel like there's so much expectation around it it's probably not just me like it's probably just you know we're we're we anticipate it for such a long time yeah especially when we're little kids and then if it doesn't if it's not absolutely perfect and amazing then of course it's going to be disappointing there's nowhere else to go but down yep um but i've just always found them to be pretty much a bummer and until i started tempering my expectations and now i'm just like "Eh, let's go out to dinner yeah, and it'll be fine, and that's wonderful, and that's fine. So that's how I've learned to deal with it: is just to have very low expectations. <laughs> no, that's kind of what we're saying: is like, guys, just go through life with low expectations, and I mean, I'm a fine. natural pessimist, and that has always worked pretty well for me. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I mean, I still have to like work usually on my birthday. <laughs> like it's, I know, I know, it's not all that big of a different, you know, difference from any other day of the week. So. Yeah. Um. I'm- I- on the subject of worst birthdays, not that it's a competition, may I offer up my boss's birthday, which is April 20th, which she shares oh, with him. Columbine. Columbine. Yes. Second reference to Columbine. <laughs> That's also kind of weed. a sucky day to have a... <laughs> right? Also <Yeah>. weed. <laughs> yeah, I feel like April 19th and April 20th, I know a lot of people that are born around them, and all of these like horrible... I think Waco was around then as well, mm. or... Um, or maybe Oklahoma City was around then. Yeah, like I think yeah. that's right. Yeah, like they all kind of happen 
Because I think the Columbine kids were using that. I don't know. Wah, wah. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of disappointing realities. Yep. Uh, all right. We do like things. Just not Some things. things. Well, that's um, not what this show is about. No, it's not. Um, so the question of the week is, what is your disappointing reality? Tell us. Sound I'm off so curious. Me mm-hmm. as well. Um. Okay, I'm going to jump into something that did actually exceed my expectations, and I was really excited about it. Something that I loved when I was a kid was the real world. I loved it. I, and again, I really went up to like, I think like season 10. That's when they went back to New York, and it wasn't very good. That's when The Miz was on it. Oh, he's awful. He's like a, now he's a wrestler, I think. He was terrible. And I was like, I'm out. I'm done with this. But Again, I, the first few seasons, they actually right. had kind of interesting people on there. Yes. Right. And yes. then after that, they started casting for drama. Yeah. Right. For drama and for people to hook up, which it was always fun when there was like flirtations in the house. Like, ooh, are they going to hook up? But you actually never want them to because then it is a whole other complication. Um, anyway, and they really, they started doing like really sexy people. Yeah. That would just like wanted to fight and like, fuck, I guess. So that Mm -hmm. was not that much fun. But one of my favorite seasons was new Orleans, which it just happened to be when I was in college. And I probably was, it's when I maybe could have been on it, I guess if I had really thought about it. Um, and I just love, like I was staying in my apartment that summer by myself. And so I watched a shit ton of television, including real world new Orleans. And I loved it. I, it was, they had just a really interesting group of characters. And there was one girl named Melissa who I always loved. And somebody who I like started following her blog after she was done and now have followed on various social media platforms. So I feel very like connected to her. She, I mean, this was 22 years ago. So they're all in their forties at this point. They all have kids. Um, there was a girl named Kelly who I thought was so pretty and she's now married to Scott Wolf in real life. Um, (laughs) I know. And there was a girl. Oh, so there's a guy named Danny who it was one of these. So he, is gay but he hadn't really come out yet and he sort of slowly came out on the show but what was interesting is he was dating a guy um, that was in the military and that guy came to visit and they had to blur his face the whole time because it was still during Don't Ask Don't Tell Um, probably yeah exactly and then there was this girl this is the only I actually didn't love this part but there was a girl named Julie who went to BYU and she got kicked out of BYU because she went on the real world because she lived with like, oh, I remember that. Yes. Anyway, so this they've had a series of these kind of reunions of they did New York and I think they did Los Angeles. I didn't really watch those. I mean, I watched those original seasons, but I did not watch those homecomings because I didn't have Paramount Plus and I was like, I'm not going to work that hard. I don't care that much. But New Orleans was the one I was like, I'm actually really interested in this. And so Dave and I got Paramount Plus. We got yet another streaming service. Welcome to having cable, I guess, again. And <laughs> it uh, totally lives up to expectations. I was like crying in the first episode. Wow. Um, at, you know, all these gay guys have like told Danny, he's like, all these guys have told me, you know, how much they grew, they were growing up like in the South or in the Midwest or whatever. And they were scared to come out and and all of them have had issues with julie like they haven't talked to julie in 22 years and she's still like this chaotic person anyway it's very interesting and it's interesting to see people who are grown up and haven't like 
Because there's some reality people that just stay in the reality cycle, like a Boston Rob. Like, he's just, mm-hmm. that's what he does. He mm-hmm. stays in that circuit. And these people really didn't. You know, they mostly, after they were 25 or something, they kind of went off and had their own families. So it's interesting to see people who are roughly my age to come back to this. And I find it very entertaining. And I'm going to go watch another episode when we were done recording <laughs> this. And I'm very excited. So if you have Paramount Plus, I guess if you want to log in, get after it. All right. I guess that takes us to get involved. Our website is thisshowhaseverything.com. You can visit our Facebook group to answer our question of the week or post whatever you want. We love it when people post things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Our show Twitter is at tshishow. You can email us at tshishow at gmail.com, which is also where you can send us a voice memo. Just record it on your phone and attach it to an email. Um, or you can go old school and fax Bobby your butt at 617-354-8513. Uh, thank you for joining us. And that was everything we're disappointed about. Although yes. definitely not everything. <laughs> My children. 